so last time we started talking about well not started really but we were talking about um video games and you know what some games did right what others didn't do right you know why we like certain kinds of games and i kind of want to extend the discussion a bit into why video games are classified the way they are like i want to start off you you, you were trying to explain the concept of a metroidvania to me which is just so foreign not having played any metroid game or any game in the metroidvania genre so i can't even imagine what it's like for people who have no context to understand this absolute insane vocabulary that that gamers have right now so let's again to recap a bit metroidvanias are games which are usually around 2d platforming and um the focus isn't as much on story as much as it's on you know building a sense of atmosphere through the mechanics and through the kind of level design the items you get and so on and you know they don't really give like a back story for the protagonist of each game or whatever you have to develop it as you keep progressing through the game but yeah mostly 2d platformer it emphasis on level design and puzzle solving through that ex- huge huge emphasis on exploration yeah, so essentially there was a fairly innovative game that was metroid and yeah so right. it's super metroid and so any game that has like been inspired by elements mm. that are present in it and has like a vaguely similar vibe like you see this a lot in games because uh after wolf 3d came out like on the computer <laughs> yeah, i don't know if you remember playing that wolfenstein game. it was like this like pretty like from how we see now it's like a pretty primitive uh first person shooter uh on the yeah, computer yeah it was genuinely revolutionary cuz like no i don't think there were many games that really tried to utilize um the early graphics cards or early video cards to develop like 3d environments and that entire sense of like navigation through 3d environments and so on yeah yeah like that existed in like like plain lines mm-hmm. and like geometric yeah. shapes but both really tried to push it with walls and and textures and just like colored each type of uh, enemy that you face has their own like uh, design yeah. and all of that really like made you feel uh more immersed at that time because it was like set in nazi germany and you're trying to fight hitler and you have all these like flags emblems objects of value to uh, to that time and like that was like super groundbreaking but then like i think a year after wolf they released doom and then you start seeing all these other games that fo- that follow a very similar like design pattern with like like the way the ui is laid out you have like that dude's face yeah. <laughs> like you are showing like how healthy mm-hmm. he is and then you have like what gun you're using you know? and the way you move around and the way the the, the worlds were built really felt kind of similar and then you start seeing a lot of games we called doom clones at that point like they hadn't come up with the name first person shooter yet. uh so like speaking of doom clones there there were a couple of others i think that were notable so shadow warrior is one because um mm. that recently got a remake um so shadow warrior is one and i think another one though i i may be wrong but quake came out kind of soon after doom as well if i remember yeah right. yeah you could say quake is like the first like arena yeah, shooter yeah and see like we have all these descriptors now we have first person and arena and so on and so forth but 
you know the the interesting part about video games is no one no one really uh, uh, there are horror games but horror games are more based horror games are more their own subgenre um mm. but when you when it comes to games like BioShock or um you know uh, other games like Witcher and so on the classification isn't as much on you know the plot lines or the way the the protagonists are built and so on it's the mechanics in the game right yeah and so so i kind of talked about metroidvanias and now like there's a huge spate of metroidvania resurgence currently you have games like hollow knight and blasphemous and um bloodstained and you have like a ton of these um some of which try to recapture like the snes kind of pixel art style some of which work in 2.5d kind of more modern art forms but like it, there's a resurgence of that and it makes me think about role playing games cuz you know there's a bit of crossover as well uh metroidvania yeah. sometimes also get classified as rpgs depending on how you skill up your character and so on and that just yeah. that that makes me question you know what is an rpg cuz technically every video game is an rpg you are playing a role you are you know yeah so an rpg is a role playing game in a way you could say that but like we've seen what that word has come to mean over time so we have like some sort of association of the kind of games that we would call yeah. an rpg partially because the game developers themselves tend to market it as an rpg but also we've uh, seen mechanics like leveling up where you can have a character start at a very basic like level 1 and over time either doing uh, quests and favors for other people or uh, battles you gain experience and you keep growing yeah. your character and have some way to customize that growth so you can choose what attributes you want to you want to improve so that came uh, that gave rise to like the concept of the skill tree mm-hmm. where you have these like like attribute points that you get every time you level up and you have the ability to choose what new skill you want to learn or what uh, facet of your character you want to improve whether it's like the strength agility dexterity intelligence like these these type of features are pretty common in a lot of RPGs so that leveling up system is one sort of like prime mechanic i would say in rpg and the second thing i'd say is usually it doesn't need to be open world but there's usually like a really interconnected world with you know its own lore with its own like um pol- well not to get too deep but it'll have its own political struggle and so on so forth so the point is you are situated as you know an outsider to that world or a citizen in that world who's been given some power or whatever and you have to you know resolve the crisis that is yeah. usually the conceit of most um, rpgs that i've come across yeah there's a significant amount of world building that mm-hmm. goes into this and uh a lot of it, like a lot of games rpg games now you would see like books and stories and other things scattered around the world that you can just go and explore and read up about uh what's going on in the world like it's like a thing that you only see in these like typical rpg games yeah where there's so much world building that has happened uh, as like you're playing the game if you see a bookshelf like a lot of games will allow you to pick a book from that bookshelf and, and it will have some small story mm-hmm. or it might be a diary uh, diary entry by some uh, person who was in that room before or something else like that and that adds a lot more sort of immersion and story yeah and 
feeling and very often like i not all of them but some of these books that you'll pick up in the game have you know they 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 give you a permanent skill bonus um you know, so mm-hmm. so it it encourages you to read more it encourages you to like actually look through each bookcase cuz you get tangible bonuses um but mm. coming back to it like like i said every game can be considered a role playing game technically mm. technically speaking right yeah technically like if you take role playing game like like rather not even technically like literally if you take the meaning of role playing game you're always playing a role like that's the point of the game but the thing is like they come from tabletop role playing games mm-hmm. which had like a very clear sort of uh, play style and terminology and gameplay uh, components that in the 70s and 80s as computers were picking up they started being like translated from the physical board game world into computer games so you have games like Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Duty I I don't know too much about the older tabletop role playing games but there's there was an established yeah. culture of people playing these games which requires Uh, the play, the players and the game masters to come up with a lot of details and story and world mm-hmm. building and then the players would each embody a separate character and using the mechanics of that game uh interact with other non-playable characters so to speak which would be taken like which would be like narrated and described by the game master and also there would be a sense of progression through it so uh like dungeons and dragons was the one that had like leveling up skill yeah. attributes like the different types of attributes and also just a character leveling up with and i think that's also become a sta- uh, a staple yeah. of tabletop rpgs now from what i've seen yeah yeah so like a few of these pioneer games came up with a few of these concepts and it just works so yeah. well in like a uh, prior to uh, D, uh, D&D that's the time the same game makers had a had another uh, tabletop game i forgot the name i think it's like conquest or something like that and in that game the character you're playing in a fight either they die or the opponent dies is no like it's like a one hit kill type uh, thing so they came up with the idea of hit points which is like yeah. you have like a score and for that's like now that's now the like, key mechanic in so many games like hit points is just essential yeah. now yeah yeah so if your character has 25 hit points depending on how strong the opponent's attack is it will do a certain yeah. amount of damage to you and when you hit zero you're fainted or you're dead like so that mechanic just works so well it was so simple to understand that it's just the thing that's being used in almost every game yeah and so like we're talking about tabletop rpgs and i think um, a lot of the mechanics as you said they had to get translated into you know computer games by i, I don't know if dungeon and du- did dungeons and dragons have their own like computer game cuz i don't know if they did officially not for a yeah. long time So there were a lot of like early mm-hmm. players of Dungeons and Dragons like Richard Garriott who made Ultima yeah. who looked at those mechanics uh, in like the late 70s early 80s and they were like I would love to have uh, 
a story in a very similar sort of like mechanics on my computer to be able to play through that and share that story with other people because when you played a, a tabletop game mm-hmm. you were at that time especially you were only sharing it with the four or five other players at your table but for a dungeon master a game master for creating those stories there i mean if they were capable of coding or finding someone who could create a game out of it they were now able to convert those stories into playable mm. games that other people could uh explore and play around with in the at their own pace and their own terms so a lot of those early games i feel like came from those like avid board, ga- uh, board gamers and mm-hmm. and and like one of the most um, famous video games of the past i think couple of years cyberpunk 2077 is actually an adaptation of an old um board game by Mike Pondsmith. Is it? Yeah yeah yeah, it's it's oh, an adaptation of a tabletop RPG by Mike uh, Pondsmith called Cyberpunk. It it's why I got okay. interested in like talking about the vocabulary behind role playing games because the mm-hmm. modern thing is or a lot of a lot of takes I see about Cyberpunk is that it's not really an RPG. It's more of an action adventure kind of game. um because you know the the leveling up and the skill trees and all aren't as detailed as they would be in most other rpgs and that mm. that's what made me want to like discuss what really is an rpg you know and mm. and to some extent i think you know it's an adaptation of the tabletop rpg mechanics into the computer realm and it allows players to kind of explore a world at their own pace that's one aspect um the second mm. aspect is how how battles themselves are done in which case yeah. japanese rpgs you know tend to be kind of different from western rpgs and this is a difference which i think i mean neither of us are really experts in but i i think i've tried i've tried my share of um uh, turn based and real time rpgs and like my the way i look at the difference in mechanics is that um So so you have JRPGs and they're usually categorized or they're usually characterized yeah a Japanese, Japanese uh, RPG they're usually characterized by like a really really intricate battle system around the turn based thing so you'll have a set amount of mana but you'll also have you know elemental modifiers you'll have n number of things that can affect how you yeah, yeah. and it's very it's very um, RNG and kind of probability based there's a huge mm. element of chance in it um like mm. i think the most simple example i can give of a jrpg is actually pokemon i think that's where mm. most people are rather off of of a turn based mechanic. mechanic is pokemon like so there's a very easy to pick up it's a very easy to pick up hard to master kind of system where if like it was my first game and as a kid i didn't know about types i didn't care about types all i wanted was to like train my charizard to level 85 and wreck everything with it but after a couple of playthroughs you realize okay there are certain attacks which are good against certain kinds of enemies certain attacks which aren't and you start figuring out type mechanics on your own um or you know you can be you can be smart and just you know read up in the manual where they kind of they, they yeah. kind of uh, enumerate <laughs> on all of that but um there's but, a there's a very like, even though they knew that nobody really yeah. reads the manual the game does every time you do an attack it tells you 
this was not yeah. effective this was yeah. super effective so uh, and and there's a bit of rng involved in each pokemon battle so like some attacks have elemental modifiers in the sense of they 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 can give um status effects like poison paralysis sleep burn mm-hmm. freeze you know there there are these few elemental effects i'd say um and mm-hmm. there's also the option of a critical hit where it, it does double damage um mm-hmm. and and so there's a bit of probability you know and 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 it's very easy to kind of pick up you start realizing mm. okay there's this percentage chance of a critical hit that mm. you might not know the exact number but yeah. at least you'll know that it happens like once every 10 20 exactly times, exactly like and and so from there i mean i love pokemon so i tried getting into things like final fantasy and so on and they never clicked for me the same way just because their mm. systems were a lot more obtuse or at least i found them to be more obtuse so i never got into mm. them however mm. um i i started playing games like knights of the old republic which is a um, an old star wars role playing game i started playing mm. that and i found those systems to be a lot more like pokemons in that it's very simple to pick up you have a character certain class you know um if you're a jedi you have this probability of like deflecting damage on your own so on so forth is that also a yeah, yeah it's turn based um and you know you have a certain speed stat according to which you know you can start doing your turns faster and you know as as a game i found it easier to pick that up than to pick up any jrpg and it just made me wonder um how does this how does this difference between east and west kind of rise I think uh, I think there's all, there's a big cultural difference in the way that people mm-hmm. play games because from my I from what I've seen the Japanese community is a lot more willing to read up on especially now like to read up on wikis and guides and manuals to figure out how to play the game so it's like that's like part of the challenge of the game where they accept that these games have ridiculous mechanisms that are just not going to be explained in the game so instead the either the game officially puts it out or players start compiling their own sort of builds and ways to play the game and so on and that re- they do that research and then are willing to play so any player who likes doing that kind of thing might like these type of games which are not really about like the active high paced combat but it's more like a competitive card game or a board game like a one on one board game where you have a set of moves and you go one at a time and you get to choose what move you have like in the game literally they give you a menu of the options of things that you have and then you do it and a lot of these mechanics i think have come from a sort of like perhaps controversial but like a lazy reimplementation of what we see in physical games directly into games into yeah, the see, video games yeah see like the thing is i never understood that because i love pokemon and i think until very recently i was looking up you know ev guides and you know how how do i how do i kind of get the how do i get the best pokemon possible in each game you know what is required for me to get like a max iv or you know like a perfect roll iv starter with like so iv is individual values ev is effort values none of this really matters to the discussion 
um mm. is just more me saying i i was reading up a ton of documentation for pokemon that's not yeah. a problem i have but it's just when the games mechanics themselves don't bring me in as a casual player i'm not going to care yeah. as a competitive or like i'm not going to care enough to read right which is which is the problem i had with um i i won't say with all jrpgs but like it's it's the problem i had getting into them cuz like i'm i i would say i play a lot of games and i still didn't find their mechanics to be it doesn't need to be easy to pick up but it was needlessly complex to me even from the beginning what what this makes me curious about is if kids who are being exposed to the new generation of pokemon right now are as willing to take the time and effort to learn the mechanics of oh, i game. i think like, like the 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 kind of the kind of thing i'm talking about is more you know people who've played it for so long they realize okay yeah, yeah there's a lot of depth to you know what we can do so yeah. then they kind of experiment but even the new games as a casual player i get pulled in like that's, i've yeah that's you know I, i completely agree like a lot of these games just don't do a good job of setting it up for you for bring for bring you to you and that's like that's kind of like the problem yeah. of how that game was designed rather than the the mechanic and the gameplay aspects of it but I think there's also a, a, like a different part uh, that sort of sets aside JRPGs from Western RPGs. And one thing is like, even though they call JRPG and Western RPG, I, I don't think a game that's made in Japan is... It doesn't necessarily have definition. to be a JRPG. Yeah, they, they are tight, like they're literally genres of gameplay yeah. mechanics <laughs> and game styles and narrative styles. And any country could make a type of game from mm-hmm. either one. Like Dark Souls, even though it's from Japan, is more of a western yeah, rpg yeah, in my yeah. opinion and you have a, a lot of games that fall under the jrpg like persona and final fantasy chrono trigger and those kind of things i think that the main difference is that in the jrpg games uh there's an there's an established narrative and you're playing one character that's not you go through that narrative so there is like it it gives the 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 writers for the for the story for the game a bit more clarity on how to mm. write like a very compelling story and it story. puts a bit of distance between you and you know the actions you take as a as a character in the game right like yeah, that yeah in, in a way it's like it's not like you are playing playing out your fantasies which i think is what the yeah. western uh, rpgs try to try to try to appeal to where you can go through like this character customization process where you can change the way they look to change the way they uh they behave a lot of the uh, attributes mm-hmm. and skills that all your choice but like in the uh, most jrpg games like you're pretty much given like a a character that's already a part of the universe mm-hmm. and although you might start from scratch and you need to build up it's more like you're just playing that person's adventure which i think it just puts you in a very different emotional yeah, state to begin yeah. with it's like it's like so, watching an interactive they, movie yeah. versus like being in the movie i think yeah yeah it's like being tom cruise in an an action movie like watching the movie from his perspective versus you're the guy who's mm-hmm. in that like it's like a bit different it like the way you get to do decision making and the freedom and the sort of priorities of the game are slightly different. Yeah. I feel like the JRPG games are more prioritized on really crisp storytelling rather than 
uh, a very immersive gameplay experience yeah and yeah i think that's probably a really good distinction to make um storytelling versus you know immersion or not even storytelling versus narrative you know freedom in a sense because um yeah. in a lot of western rpgs and i i use western in a sense like this counts games that are developed in japan but have this mm-hmm. you know this overwhelming freedom the western yeah. freedom like yeah. like uh, dark souls for example like you said mm-hmm. i consider that to be more like um you know more like games like um skyrim or witcher 3 in the sense that mm-hmm. you are given a lot more freedom to explore the world and like really build your own narrative mm-hmm. um through your actions and so on through what you choose mm-hmm. to explore um i think that's also a very that's a interesting cultural difference to bring up you know freedom versus mm-hmm. this this um insistence on you know following a narrative Yeah. Like, I think this it goes definitely deeper than just video game perspectives I think because there's a huge cultural difference. Um so again so getting back to genre definitions so we've talked about metroidvanias we've talked about RPGs for a second for for quite a bit actually. I actually you know before before we yeah. step out of RPGs is still like like one more thing is that if a game has these gameplay mechanics like leveling up uh whether it's turn based combat or just like free form combat it's not uh, necessarily an rpg to, yeah customize your character it's not necessarily an rpg because call of duty has leveling up character customization skill trees there's no one who would call it an rpg yeah and you know vice versa there are rpgs that need not have those kind of clear mechanics of leveling up and so on i think um from my I I don't know if I'm remembering the game wrong but Dragon's Dogma uh doesn't have like a clear level up uh system I haven't played it in a while but as far as I remember it doesn't have like a clear leveling up system where you put points into the skill tree and so on it's more based on you know how much you unlock through the story Yeah yeah I've seen that in Monster Hunter Yeah 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 the more you play through it's just like you unlock a new mm-hmm. thing that you mm-hmm. yeah Okay, yeah okay. new blueprints so on so forth um yeah. so there are rpgs that don't necessarily have a lot of the um character characteristics that we spoke about and there are other games mm-hmm. that have characteristics we spoke about but aren't called rpgs it's something mm-hmm. that you kind of pick up as a label the more you play games it's it's weird that way which is why we thought you know it might be interesting to speak about but like the more i think about it the more i have a gripe with the way the games are classified Because this just brings I, I, me to a rant. I'm sorry. Like I, I need to. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think I've ranted about this before to you. But there was this tweet I came across, which was um talking about how, oh, if you like, you know, this mechanic, or if you like this certain kind of game, then you just like the mechanic mm-hmm. as a whole. I think it was, if you like one turn-based game, that means you like the mechanic, which, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it it's it's a it's such a boneheaded take. It's really yeah, really yeah. so obtuse. because okay i don't think discounting a mechanic as a whole is correct obviously you can't discount a mechanic but i i think it's very safe to say that it take it it takes a lot to get into turn uh, turn based games if you've not been a fan of a lot of them like i've not liked a lot of turn based games i've tried playing i've given them their fair mm. share i've never gotten into them it's not my cup of tea but that doesn't mm. mean i'm going to write off the entire genre it's also not i like 
turn-based mechanics as a whole, though. Mm. It, because for a game, there's a lot more. Yeah, to it's a game the setting. It's the ca- it's the setting. The characters. Yeah. If there's dialogue, the way the dialogue is voiced, the way the characters are written, the interactions they have with the world, the way the turn-based mechanics themselves kind of carry out in battle. You know, there's so many yeah. other things that influence how you like a game. And just saying, if you like one game, you like the mechanic generally is wrong. Mm. That's like saying, mm. if I like open world games, I should like any open world game, which isn't true. There are tons of open world games that I don't like. Like, like for example, I if I remember right, I didn't get very far in Dragon's Dogma because I didn't like the way the open world is in- implemented. There's yeah. a ton of games where the open world just doesn't fit. Similarly, there are a ton of games where the turn-based mechanic fit for me, like the latest Yakuza game. I loved it because the turn-based system just made the entire game more ridiculous. It made the the appeal of the Yakuza series way more tangible for me. The focus was on the characters from the beginning. Moving it to a turn-based system just made more sense to me. So I liked it because of that. Mm-hmm. Saying, you know, if I like Yakuza, I like turn-based systems as a whole that's just stupid you know like i don't like final fantasy for the same reason i like yakuza like the focus is on the characters it's just the way they're implemented the setting of the characters you know the, the way the characters are written all of that makes yakuza more enjoyable to me because it's it's a more gritty real gritty realistic crime drama <laughs> that's why you like your preferences on exactly and exactly and and so yeah i mean i just had a gripe with that thing of like if you like a game mechanic you or if you like a game that has this turn-based style if you like a game you like mechanic the mechanic that is used in that game. that's that's so reductive that's so boneheaded it made me genuinely angry when i read it No, but like uh, what I was going to say was like I really hate the the way that games are classified based on what mechanic they have as the primary form of classification. I mean, I like, I also see the difficulty in classifying them by narrative because again, when when it comes to if, if you want to talk about crime games, you have yeah. games like Yakuza, you have games like GTA, and you have games like Mafia and Saints Row. And I wouldn't yeah. necessarily classify any of them in the same genre. Yeah, but like, as someone who has played all four of them, I like yeah. all four of them because <laughs> I like that genre of game. Like, that's exactly the point of getting at. Like, I haven't played that many open world games that are not like open crime. That's true. Setting. That's true. Because I just I like that like that setting, that genre, that. Form, like it, it fits my my preferences yeah. and I'm more likely to play a game that's like categorized the same as those as Saints Row and GTA and Sleeping Dogs and all of those mm. kind of games compared to uh, I don't know uh, even a Bioshock I know that's a phenomenal game but like I just haven't got into it because I haven't found the concept as interesting to me because although they are categorized under uh, like, even if they categorize under the same like game mechanic, uh, I mean, of being open world games. Or, Bioshock's not an open world. world; it's more of a linear like, FPS type thing. But okay, take some other open world game. Just because it has open world mechanics, does it mean 
it should be the 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 term that's used mm-hmm. to classify people. okay so let me ask did you like skyrim to some extent yes did you like uh, fallout i have not played okay fallout. see the thing is um open world is usually just a designator right like i i don't even think it's as strong of a grouping as rpgs are like it, it, yeah i mean what i'm trying to say is like i would prefer that skyrim be classified as a fantasy game like a medieval fantasy or something hmm. like that versus an so open world so you're talking about like actually trying to classify games by narrative rather than yes. okay then the, the You can't classify FIFA as an like with a narrative thing, but like that's <laughs> it's a sports game. It's a sports game. <laughs> a sports okay, game. no, yeah. but okay. So then, um, okay, so then I have a bit of a difficulty with that because then that means classifying Assassin's Creed Four the same as Assassin's mm. Creed Odyssey or Origins, which it mm. categorically is not at all the same. Because because oh. because because AC. Four or up until I think Assassin's Creed Unity or Syndicate, whatever was the last one before they switched um, their uh, approach. Up until there, it was a parkour and stealth game. The moment you make the shift to Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, it's an action RPG. That's it. It's an open world action RPG. Whereas previous games had a very linear approach to storytelling. Focus was on that and on narrative, on stealth. on parkour on and on like solving environmental puzzles so mm. classifying them the same in the same role is like a historical kind of um, a historical action adventure game it doesn't make sense mm. to me as a gamer cuz like again i think it might be because i've also been playing a lot of these games as they come out i think just classifying by mechanics makes a lot more sense to me cuz then i know there are certain mechanics that i really like and while story mm. setting character all of that plays a huge role it's i mean it it is kind of make or break for me but at the same time i'm more willing to give mechanics a try and if i mm. like the mechanics i'll suffer through story um and characters as long as the mechanics really feel good to me like mm. i feel like i play the complete yeah. opposite like if i like the story I'll suffer through whatever. <laughs> I think so for me Yakuza is definitely that. Like I suffer through the mechanics of most of the Yakuza games because the story is absolutely worth it usually. But Yakuza yeah. is more of an exception for me. Um many games the gameplay is make or break. I usually don't care about story. Like I will skip the story if I have to. Um if mm-hmm. I if I'm given an option. Like Dark Siders 1, 2 and 3, I skip through the story bits. like as fast as possible i just skip through them because i i i care more about getting into the game and just playing it um and and yeah like i i find classifying by mechanic is a lot simpler you know because if i mm. like like for example if i like a game like dark siders 2 then i know there are certain action platformers that i will probably like because they have like similar mechanics like i will probably enjoy something like kind of a jump here but i will probably enjoy um jedi fallen order or i will enjoy dark souls to some extent mm. because they're action platformers or they have like similar elements in world building they have similar approach to gameplay i'll probably enjoy them and i have like there's no denying i have and similarly if i like one fps 
if I'm a fan of FPSs as a whole, I'm more likely to give other FPSs a, a, a shot. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I would say I'm not against an FPS. It's just it, I usually don't like playing a lot of them because Call of Duty, as it's become like a yearly franchise, kind of put me off the idea of FPSs for a while. Similarly with mm-hmm. Battlefield. Um, but, like, there are games like Titanfall 2 that, you know, and, and Bioshock to an extent that really make me want to go back and play a lot of FPSs because they they reuse a lot of mechanics in an interesting way. Or they try and weave the, the mechanics into the story itself. So, classifying by mechanics just makes more sense to me. If I had to classify mm. games by narrative, then it has a huge disparate kind of range of um, settings and stories and so on. And, you know, so, so like getting back to my Assassin's Creed uh, example, if I have to classify AC by narrative and not by gameplay mechanic then assassin's creed 4 and assassin's creed odyssey would be in the same umbrella thing and that just doesn't make sense to me it doesn't compute at all mm. yeah sorry that's a bit of a rant for me again <laughs> <laughs> no i can, I can see what you mean but like in, in the exact same way i find it very hard to put uh both the dark siders and the star wars game uh in, in the same the same bracket because like to me they just seem like like they have nothing in common, but they have. But like, they have. I, I know that the yeah, game mechanics exactly. are pretty similar. Because like, you have you have wall like, running and you have jumping and you have puzzle solving. It's basically Darksiders two in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm 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 being dumb here, but like, like there's a lot of similarities because they're. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I see, but it's just like I think it's like our personal preference. Yeah, I guess. But I, I do think like it's kind of uh, weird that those uh, like narrative-based genre classifiers are not used as much often yeah. at all. Like like it's it's kind of rare to actually see someone just describe a game as like uh, a comedy. <laughs> I th- I honestly th- but like how many how no, many games yeah, I, I, I no, no, how that. many games would actually be described as a comedy like I, I think that's actually really an interesting topic right borderlands there you go so like but but <laughs> borderlands is is it an fps or a third person Th- third okay, person? okay okay no first, first person. person okay, okay first okay. person but like but like uh, there's also there's a, a, a bunch of other games like of course like the south park uh, I think South Park like, is classified as comedy under Steam. Like it's very clearly classified. Yeah. <laughs> oh, probably, but like, that's because South Park yeah, is a TV yeah. show. But still, like there are games that, like I don't know, it's just like I, I always hear games being classified as RPG, FPS. You know, it's kind of arbitrary. Mm, I don't. I don't think it's. So I don't think it's. Okay, yeah, not, not, not just not arbitrary. I don't think. Um, people don't use narrative classifiers because most RPGs as they come out, it's like, oh, it's a futuristic urban RPG or, you know, it's a gritty medieval RPG. You know, they use those kind of narratives to like set them with. But again, like you said, it's to set them within an umbrella of like, so these are the games you play narrative wise that you like. So you'll probably like this. Like, for example, if I really enjoy, um, games like Skyrim and Witcher and Dragon's Dogma, you know, things which are set in a more medieval fantasy kind of thing. 
where there's magic and yeah. dragons and so on. I will. If if you like, wait, hold up, hold on, another question for you. If you like Skyrim, and as a recommendation, would you rather play Mass Effect or Mountain Blade? Hmm, Mass Effect. Yeah. Okay. Like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, so again, Mass Effect has nothing to do mechanics-wise or narrative-wise with Skyrim. <laughs> it's it's the thing that both of them have very choose-your-own-story kind of elements, yes. which is why I would say, you know, yeah. That's exactly yeah. why I ask, because, like, Mountain Blade, in terms of setting, is kind of very similar, mm-hmm. like, medieval Europe's uh, setting. But the gameplay is, like, I just have to put it put itself in its own yeah. category. There's just like 20 different things yeah, yeah. going on. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's kind of similar to asking, um, you know, if 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 I like StarCraft, you know, would mm. I rather pick um, Knights of the Old Republic or, you know, like um, Mass Effect on drum? Oh, yeah, or Dota. Yeah, there we go. Like most people would like who like StarCraft would probably pick something else. Like another, they'd pick yeah. another RTS, like maybe, yeah. maybe Age of Empires as... Yeah. yeah. Uh, unless it's like, I feel like if it's someone who's played, or, I, I don't know, I don't even think StarCraft or any of its versions have had No, they, do, they do, they do, they do. They do. <laughs> it's they very surprising. Okay. Like, if there's someone who plays StarCraft the for the narratives <laughs> and not for the competition, <laughs> I think that they might be more willing to play like another science fiction uh, yeah. Yeah. game, sort of like, at, like Isaac Asimov Foundation type game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there are any for it. <laughs> <laughs> but if they played it for the gameplay then surely they would which is again like which is where the thing of is it game I mean I think it's it's a very per case basis for a lot of people you know is it gameplay that matters mm-hmm. more or narrative that matters more so do you think like the categorization should be like what the game is trying to intend to convey yeah, to the player yeah 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 very much so. so like a game like starcraft even though it has a single player campaign and story that's like clearly the, not the focus the focus is the multiplayer yeah, the focus element is the yeah exactly so like the genre convention should be like even though they say like it's called something like role playing game only if the game truly yeah. wants to bring out the role yeah, playing yeah. characteristic of it Rather than just has leveling up. Although, or I think Starcraft or... Starcraft and Warcraft kind of fall into their own genre of RPG. Um, because you are playing a role there. You are like kind of commanding a certain empire or like a certain race. <laughs> to Warcraft for sure. It's, I, it's, I, it's I, the same I, thing. I think Starcraft, I just don't know. Uh, Starcraft, you, you have like one of three races. The Protoss, the Zerg and the... Um, humans the terrans or whatever so you're kind of playing that that race it's very similar to warcraft in that sense you know like you're playing out a certain race with their own classes and so on um and i think that way they're in their own realm of role-playing games where it is completely Mm -hmm. multiplayer focused Mm -hmm. but they're not again like it's really difficult to say they're not rpgs i I wouldn't classify a multiplayer game of starcraft as an rpg Mm -hmm. Because like I feel like if if you strip out the narrative, the meaning of the RPG, like like it, it's no longer an RPG. But then to me. I, I I don't know if I'd necessarily say there's no meaning. Like Dota is not an RPG, but no no no. Oh. But but 
there is a very clear narrative you can build up as long as you know a little bit about the lore like i'm being very serious here i'm being really serious there's there's a lore to you know dota and to starcraft and you can build you can build a very very basic storyline in your head after you've played like 10 games in dota like you could but like that's exactly like the point i said before that like the game needs to be trying the game does though the game does like, through the heroes through the heroes through their descriptions the voice lines like this is too much of a stretch mm, might be might be might be <laughs> but again like i but, like, I, i wouldn't necessarily the, discount the, starcraft or warcraft as rpgs yeah the core warcraft game is like an iconic mm-hmm. rpg like even though it ha- like it has like rts type yeah. gameplay it's very clearly about like going through the stories of these characters mm-hmm. you learn about them you learn about like events that have happened to them at different right. points like some battle between uh, factions or something <laughs> like that so like and you see a character grow mm-hmm. with the story and that feels uh like an rpg but then when you uh build like the sandbox multiplayer game that dota and the starcraft sort of are at that point like that game is no longer an rpg like like that match is not okay yeah an- yeah i see where you i see where you're coming from although again there are single player campaigns <laughs> you can yeah. build a story no 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 there are also single player campaigns within dota and within starcraft It's just they're not the yeah, focus. Yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know. I just mean the 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 uh, the point of so the game like, isn't what that. I, I, yeah. I'm saying is like the single player mode in StarCraft can be called an RPG. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Cannot. Fair enough. I think that's that's a fair enough distinction to make. I mean, would you call World of Warcraft um, an RPG, even though it's basically multiplayer? Yeah, I mean, having multiplayer does not mean it's no longer an RPG because they are <laughs> exactly. called MMO RPGs. <laughs> it's so weird, right? <laughs> but like where like you completely eliminate the the lore mm. other than the fact that the, this character exists and you know for some like mm. random reason you're fighting another another character and you have these like battle arena matches like at that point i feel like like the world sort mm. of breaks down okay okay but like if the if there was a game that established those matches while also building a story out of it somehow like if yeah, the yeah, game yeah. itself was like uh like had like random cut scenes where they're building bringing these like guys together to build a team and then you have a story and then after the match depending on what happens your your next match is going to be affected by that it's a very bizarre yeah. concept but i feel like if you had that sort of a uh, progression i feel like you could have competitive person versus person rpg experiences In a way, I just realized I have reinvented uh, a flash <laughs> game that I've played before called Swords and Sandals. I don't think I've played that. So <laughs> it was just like really bizarre Newgrounds flash game. Of course, it was Newgrounds. <laughs> you can you can create a character and they're basically like a skeleton or like some like really like like random like medieval mm-hmm. uh, character and you equip them with like a really They're basically a gladiator prisoner, okay? and we need to keep battling opponents, and they keep progressing as we go through. Oh, if you die once, your character. Oh, dead. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And it sort of like builds up like this, like fake lore of you as you beat uh, 
other challenges. You know, I, felt, I feel like if there was something like that, where you take a character and then you go, you play like League of Legends type matches, and every time you 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 play a match like you have to lower to mm. and like mm. there is a characteristic more than just like a skill tree of like a big. It's like the history of the character itself kind of keeps growing. Yeah, exactly, and, and there's like a bit more meaningful yeah. interaction with the environment. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's actually a really interesting way to take RPGs. I don't know if I've ever come across anything that does something like that. Like in a multiplayer space, not just not like a single player space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, there might be But like I've not come across like anything yet. Yeah. No, no, I mean like the the idea even if it doesn't exist, I feel like there's, there's definitely like yeah, yeah. You can do Imagine like if the story like if there's like a story that's just generated Imagine there's a story that's generated between mm-hmm. matches based on who is playing and what the character's backstory yeah. is. That is auto-generated by GPT. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It just takes like their backstories as like like feeder text and it creates a story out of it mm. on the internet. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, to end this off, you know, what is an RPG? Do we do we have any answer? <laughs> Science has yet to tell us what an RPG is. <laughs> RPG is either a game that you can experience the narrative from, from the player's perspective or absolutely anything that you want, to, want an RPG to be. I wouldn't say so open-ended, but like... It's, it's no, so, like yeah. the whole point I made, I made like one like clear definition and one open is oh, yeah, like, yeah. people call go. anything an yeah. RPG <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah I, I feel like RPGs have also become like a marketing buzzword at, at some level Um. so so the, the reason I'm saying that is also because of cyberpunk because from what I've seen it doesn't have the depth mm. of what we would consider traditional RPGs be them turn based or otherwise it doesn't have mm. the depth um, that I would associate with an RPG. But at the same time, it's very clearly a role-playing game. Mm. I think that the reason it's like a buzzword is because, because RPG games tend to have like very well-defined mm-hmm. a lot of lore, a lot of depth, as you say, and that requires a huge amount of effort. Yeah. And if if a game is capable of building that much depth, they're not just selling like one gameplay mechanic or like a very they're selling story. a world they're selling, itself, right? Yeah, they're selling an entire world, and they're like they're willing to claim that even though you're going to go in a very unpredictable fashion from uh, like the game developer's perspective, in terms of mm-hmm. who you're going to interact with and what you're going to do with each one, we're still going to build a meaningful storyline as you progress yeah. through the game. And that requires a huge amount of effort yeah. of writing and design effort. And that's why they want to be able to market them. Fair enough. Anyway, yeah. So I guess this is where we end our um, our play session for the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this has been our kind of dumb dive into uh, RPGs. Follow us on uh, Twitter at dumb dive. That's D-U-M-B-D-I-V-E. You can listen to us on any any platform that has podcasts, I guess. 
and i think that's it yeah this is pranav this is, this is us signing off thanks for listening <laughs> <laughs>